Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mliwa Gavaza, and for today, we're going to be having a discussion, you know, which I'm very interested in, you know, being the geek that I am. Uh, we're looking at the intersection between, uh, you know, water technology and uh, perhaps one of the biggest trends in technology, which is uh, AI or artificial intelligence. And uh, that's the co- that's the conversation that we're going to be having we're having this conversation with a company that i would traditionally not have thought i'd be having this conversation with and that is uh, siemens um and we're going to be talking to to sabine uh delamo who is the ceo of siemens sub-saharan africa sabine greetings to you today Thank you so much, and it's a, it's an honor and a, and a great pleasure to have me here at uh, your podcast. And thanks, Madiba, for inviting me. Now, when it comes to Siemens, right, uh, there there are many aspects of Siemens business that I know about. Uh, I'm probably showing my age a little bit, you know, by saying that I remember. Um, you know, when Siemens was deep in the in the phone and handset game, you know, once upon a time, um, you know, used to used to make phones, and then also at the same time, um, networking equipment. You know, that's you know, those are the big areas um, that I've uh, typically known Siemens in. But you know, today we're having a discussion about water and AI and you know the Internet of Things. Uh, perhaps before we get into the water discussion, Sabine, you could give us um, a picture of what Siemens business, you know, looks like. It's a, it's a, I believe, a more than centuries old business. Um, you know, to my knowledge, maybe you could give us an idea of what it looks like now. Yeah, well, thank you so much, and um, I, I will not comment on your age. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, as you already mentioned, we, we obviously have changed the company quite significantly. We have more than 175 years of existence. We are since more than 160 years in South Africa, and uh, it's a company which has a long legacy. So from our early days where we started out, uh, technology always was, you know, the change maker for our company and the requirements specifically by society of adapted technology. And hence, at this point in time, what you really see when we talk about Siemens, then we have uh, uh, three main pillars which we are currently serving the market. One is called digital industries. Um, it's uh, our applications which are in all digital um, and uh, manufacturing processes. If you think about um, bottling plants, industrial applications within the mining environment, but also um, in the power plants. Uh, specifically, if you look at industrial application, you can say that every third controller in the world will be a Siemens controller controlling an industrial process. So that's one part um, where we, we play actively. The other part is our smart infrastructure that very much deals with infrastructure in the context of electricity, not necessarily generation, but grid management, um, the management of, you know, microgrids, uh, smart metering solution, SCADA solution for you know, utilities like ESCOM, but also uh, city power uh, in the various forms. 
And that is for electricity, but also for water uh, and potentially as well for gas, because everything what you can measure and you want to sell later on for a price to consumer, we can assist with that kind of service and, and the technology thereof. And we have a, a third leg. This is our Siemens Mobility. We run that in a separate legal entity. And here we deal with rolling stock um, and innovative rolling stock, like, for instance, in future hydrogen trains. That's maybe a little link to what we discuss later on. But uh, as well, uh, signaling, making sure that people get safe to the destination and that's a signaling system is as well on a digital level to avoid you know human human interaction in in the field and we have applications in south africa and africa for all of it what i explained to you just now and on a very side note as well in a separate legal entity in a majority shareholding of siemens we have siemens health seniors and they are the leading company in diagnostics and imaging Really big business, um, you know, clearly, you know, if, if a person takes that much time to actually explain what's going on and you've given us a high level, you know, you haven't really gone into the specifics, then uh, one can only imagine just how big um, of an operation uh, is being run, um, you know, from a Siemens point of view. So naturally, we do have to ask the question um, yeah, because you've given us the different areas that uh, Siemens is operating in you know what the interest is um, when it comes to water infrastructure water uh, conservation and the like um, would i be would i be wrong you know to say that that's a business that would fall under your smart infrastructure you know unit or you know is it elsewhere in the business uh, it will be a combination of digital industries and uh, smart infrastructure because when you think about water water has on one side a social, it's a social product, if you call it as such, what is a, a community service. And also as a, when we now look at South Africa, it's um, cemented into our constitution that water access is a basic right of, of humans. And, and so it's treated in many countries around the world. And then you have, you know, the industrial aspect of water. Like if you think about um um, brewery or you think um, soda water production, they do need some kind of a mechanism to well, produce the water they later on use for their product or have reverse osmose processes in order to ensure that the taste and the quality, if you think, for instance, um, a Coca-Cola drink, yeah, so th that company wants to make sure that um, the quality and the taste is exactly the same. And so therefore they need to work with the water as an input to ensure that really the end product is, is from the same quality everywhere around the world. An idea, you know, maybe of um, what uh, Siemens' business around water looks like currently in South Africa, uh, the type of, you know, things that you take care of, you know, maybe some of the technologies that you're implementing. Yeah, look, I mean, for instance, what we currently do is we work with, with rent water and uh, we also work with the water utility in Botswana, with the uh, water utility of, of Ghana or Ghana water for that matter. And, and here it's really around the pump station, the pump station system, and then into the feeder system. If you think about now Johannesburg, you know, into the Palmy system or into the Aikenhof uh, um, supply. Mm. 
It is an interesting space to be in. And I just wonder, um, because we just think of water and uh, and there's many aspects of water. You've got river systems, you've got pumps, you've got dams, um, you've got... Uh, what you call this, you've got canals, you've got, you know, feeder infrastructure, you know, there's also the aspect of, you know, does the water stay in South Africa? Does it go out? Does it, you know, come in from, you know, other places, all that. Um, where's the technology actually being used? And I'm asking that from a challenge point of view, because usually uh, technology companies work in the paradigm of solutions, right? Um, you know, that's the paradigm that tech companies tend to work in. So your solutions, you know, where are they targeted? Um, and I guess that's that's more a question of what are the challenges that are being addressed around water with Siemens technology? Yeah, maybe I need to need to go back a little bit because uh, I think we first need to understand maybe what the water is we are dealing with. So if you think about the globe, yeah, 70% around the globe is covered with water. And out of this, 97% are salt water. Only 0.3% are usable drinking water. So we have a very finite resource which needs to be managed in order to make sure that we all can still exist because without you can go for a long time without food, but you can only go for a very short time without water. And so um, that is unfortunately is, is one situation we, we, we need to make visible for ourselves. And on the other hand, when you think particular sub-Saharan Africa, we have between 300 and 800 million people depending obviously on weather phenomenons um, like El Nino, for instance, which are living in water drought environments and specifically South Africa or the southern tip of South uh, Africa is one of the most water scarce region in the world. And predominantly, if you think about water, um, it is the amount of water which we are using. And there is an estimation, for instance, that Globally, and this is not only uh, South Africa, but you know, if you look at the UK or you look at Germany, you will have uh, about 40% increase by 2030 on water uses. So we have we have two scenarios which are currently unfolding. Three, if you look at it, we have three scenarios unfolding. For one, we have a very finite resource which is available to us. On the other hand, we have changing weather conditions, and and thirdly we have a situation that there is more water consumption because there are also more, more people on the globe and there are more um, activities which require water uh, going forward. So when you look at technology, then there are various applications. So for ones, I mean, the easy way is where it's commercialized. Yeah. So where you have a, a commercial off-taker, as I say, I take maybe the example of a brewery, uh, they would have in their uh, production environment, they would have rather an access to a water source, be it a river, uh, or they use a reverse osmosis in, in some areas where they take seawater and uh, uh, desalinize it and then uh, clean it and uh, use it for their production. And on the other hand, um, you you would have within their their process um, the way and how you make the product, you know, various steps in order to ensure that that liquid is 
you know, converted into the final end product. And that is with measuring system, communication devices, but also um, control systems, our Symmetic PLC or Symmetic PCS7 as a DCS system, a decentralized control uh, system. These are the applications specifically in, in a commercial environment. And then we have, you know, we see that particular customers are coming to an idea in the farming community, but also um, high water users, which use now renewable energy, um, that through the renewable energy, for instance, a solar plant or a wind application, where you now get uh, as part of the technology we would provide for the management of that energy system. You also get a weather forecast system, which creates all these data points. And out of this, you would be able to not only forecast what the intensity is on sun for your megawatts you are going to generate and wind, but you would also be able to understand what will be cloud patterns, um, what uh, potentially could be the evaporation, um, specifically, you know, if you have correlations, and this is now possible specifically with um, artificial intelligence to collect all this data and correlate it and come up with a solution and an idea for the consumer or in that case, the, the customer and on the industrial base to really know how much water will be available. And so you can, you can forecast that meanwhile, which, you know, humans um, in the past could not do. So there is, is one application where it's basically used. The, the second very important part was in the water works. And here we talk about the municipalities or state owned entities, because nevertheless, in most of the countries, the management of drinking water or, or water and wastewater is not necessarily privatized, but is rather um, scenario by which, which uh, um, it's a state-owned entity is provided um, by, by the government or forms thereof. And so therefore you would have this in the water works, in the wastewater plant, uh, where pumps are managed, where you have uh, as well, again, same technology you would have in an industrial space, um, where you have flow meters, where you manage a control, where you need to see you know, what kind of bacteria is put forward. And these kind of processes uh, you would as well use uh, Siemens technology and that is what we also currently have applied in many of the water utilities. What we see um, particular now coming into new technologies on hydrogen. So hydrogen is uh, a process where uh, you need a lot of technology in order to make sure that the production of hydrogen is going to be safe. And uh, here Again, the technology itself is the same, but obviously through artificial intelligence, we're also able to understand exactly how much water is used, how much water will be available in order exactly to produce the output uh, hydrogen and, and uh, ammonia later on when it's when it shipped off. Okay, cool. Uh, before, you, be, before you continue, Sabine, I just wanted to uh, check something with you, you know, um, just to intervene. It's on two points. The first one is um, you mentioned earlier on um, the relationship that Siemens has with uh, Rand Water. 
And uh, but you know the example that you gave earlier on is an offtake agreement that a private company can have. Let's say a brewery, for example. And I wanted to check: um, Are you guys servicing both, you know, public and you know private uh, sectors on that front, um, or is your interest mainly with, uh, I guess, uh, the government, as you alluded to earlier on? Now we do serve uh, both of of the arms of society, private and and public. Um, it's just on the on the private side because it is the fundamental input for their output later on, um, and because of the profit assignment thereafter, there are less um, time limitations for implementation. Well, in the public space, and I'm pretty sure you will have uh, heard some of the discussions over the last uh, week, specifically in Johannesburg and Pretoria, how much budget uh, the individual cities have, like, for instance, uh, in Pretoria, how much budget they have to spend on on water and what the need is actually to repair like the Royal water uh, works there is a massive gap and the question is where does the money come from because in the context of water and and I, and I really do believe that in um, public space we need to create a much higher awareness of the necessity of water being a finite resource. Because when you look at some of the studies also done by the United Nations, it's for every US dollar you invest into water, in clean water being accessible for humans on the planet, you have a 4.3 US dollar saving in health costs for individuals and society. And so the correlation out of spending money on water uh, should be really the priority when you think about the social service. No, most certainly. And I think uh, in future, whatever conversations I have, you know, around water, I'm probably going to lead with that number, you know, to say that for every dollar, you know, there's at least $4 in savings, you know, on the other side when it comes to healthcare costs, because I think those are the types of things that make concrete in people's minds uh, just how important some of these uh, particular issues people tend to respond more to the to the dollars and cents type of discussion as opposed to you know the moral one or you know what's practical not practical the second piece i was curious about from what you were saying is um you've mentioned artificial intelligence a couple of times and i'm curious mm -hmm. about how let's say the dashboards, you know, for some of these things have evolved over time. Because I can imagine that, um, let's say 10 years ago, I probably would have been, uh, I don't know, the head of, I don't know, water production at, at, at Rand Water or whatever utility it is. And I probably have a dashboard on my computer that's, you know, using the various sensors that's able to tell me how much water is in our tanks and how much is flowing in, how much is flowing out, that type of thing. So now I'm curious to know when we bring in artificial intelligence, uh, because everyone talks about artificial intelligence, but uh, the practicalities of it, you know, tend to be the missing piece. So now I'm curious to know, like, what's the extra information that I'm getting um, as a manager that I wasn't getting before? Is it making suggestions? Is it calculating things that weren't able to be calculated before? What's happening? 
look, I mean, first of all, we have a, a solution for it, which we call seawater, which we is part of our uh, Siemens Accelerator digital platform. And so we have a whole host of, of assets which we can connect to it. And we have one, for instance, with Scottish Water, um, where we did that in the UK, which is about 300 assets and, and uh, 17 sites which we connected. And, and here we have particular, you know, um, aspects covered, which is early warning on critical equipment um, and a reduction, obviously, on unplanned downtime. And when we talk about uh, unplanned downtime, it's first of all the revenue loss. But on the other hand, is this as well for the consumer, the inconvenience not being connected to, to the water source. And so um, what, what's uh, basically seawater is application, which is specifically developed for water and wastewater uh, industry operators. Um, and that can be, you know, private, but also uh, uh, public. And the idea is really to optimize the efficiency of the network, avoid water losses, uh, contamination of, of water, and uh, predict as well when maintenance has to happen. And this is really a complete part where you have then um, the consumer, be it industrial or private, but then as well the, the water source, be it uh, a river, um, a dam, anything they like and then obviously the waste water works and so just to give you an idea so in water work there are quite a number of pumps pumps are we would identify as critical infrastructure so we would recommend that each you know significant pump station um, for instance has a digital tech and uh, here we are able to detect automatically uh, blockages yeah so because you would be able to see from the flow of water coming into the pump station and going out of the pump station what uh, the speed is of the water and also what the consistency is of the water if there is any you know um yeah, twigs or, or any other product. Wastewater is obviously much more complicated <laughs> because uh, you have more um, material in, in the product itself or in the water. And so what we basically can see, look, there is a, a reduced flow. We would recommend that a technician goes and, and looks at it before it blocks up. So you would be able to maybe do that at nighttime when there is, is less water consumption and you are able then also to manage a pump station's performance as well as analytics. And the nice thing is that through, you know, the applications which we have done, um, we have one um, software development tool which we call Mendix. Um, there you would be able to have an app on the phone of the service technician, or you can have a dashboard for the manager or for the control center where they can exactly see all these assets uh, as an information out of the, the SCADA system deployed into the water works. And when you now look at, for instance, in, in the wastewater, um, for instance, there is a, is a lot of discharge within the wastewater. So um, we have as well um, an application in that field where it's particular to ensure that, you know, sewers ensure effective utilization of existing buffers in the network so that, you know, the product can be stored under uh, considerations of rainfall events so that you also don't have spillovers, yeah, when you have heavy rainfalls, because what we see with the climate change now coming forward, you will have lesser 
events of rainfall, but potentially more intense rain. And then you want to avoid that there is a, a spillover of untreated water into rivers, into, you know, the community and then seeping through into the groundwater, which is then as well an issue because a lot of people have, have boreholes meanwhile. So that is obviously where you can see, you know, what is the capacity of the spillover dam. Um, again, coming back to the, to the weather forecast, because if you can measure what uh, the cloud patterns are, then you also will be knowing a little bit of what will be the water content, um, where approximately it will discharge. And uh, then you can also see, do I have to pump maybe into another overflow area or do I need to, you know, make other plans in order to ensure that we have the spillovers from, from additional rain? And and one part is specifically now in, in South Africa, and unfortunately, it is not yet implemented uh, on a large scale, and it's uh, specifically relating to leak detection. Because when you know, I mean, I just was following the news about two weeks ago, when the mid-rent where our offices are uh, have been off-cut uh, from the water because of the palm leaf system being down, and the, the well, um, reservoirs around mid-rent have been have been empty so uh, then you still have areas where people say well water is gushing just out uh, whereas at first we had no water and now it's just gushing everywhere so leak detection in south africa is absolutely vital because the infrastructure is aged and you have a possibility to really see where it's going to occur or where it's occurring so to to see as well if there's additional deterioration on on the system itself, be able to localize it very very fast, and then have uh, alarms if if there are larger uh, leaks creeping in, and and that helps you to deploy effectively also your crew instead of you know just having individuals logging uh, uh, calls, but rather having that as an intelligent service because we have also limited resources within the waterworks. Um, which can deal with these kind of, of challenges. Yeah. So they can't unfortunately be everywhere at the same time. So that really can help them and uh, it can make a um, significant change. And it's the same for, for water burst. It's uh, the same on, on, as I said, uh, blockage prediction specifically. If you then also understand, you know, how is the, the flow of the, the, the product and, and therefore you can deploy the the resources upfront um, specifically using in in the in the blockage predictor we have a technology which we call fuzzy logic and and where we warn the operator before for instance the sewer will be blocked and and uh, partially or completely and then then overflow. I went to school in the Eastern Cape a few years uh, a few years ago. And I really wish that some of this technology had been available because in Grahamstown, now Makanda, where we mm. were, we used to go for for days sometimes without water, not because there was no water in the town, but because there would be bursts, there would be, uh, you know, the leaks that we're talking about, because to your earlier point, the infrastructure was so old and mm. uh, the municipality hadn't been good at maintenance. Um, so uh, the residents of the town would suffer, um, you know, from that point of view. Now, Sabine, am I using all of these examples? Am I correct? 
um, in my assessment that um, from an AI point of view, that in a normal instance, you would have had experienced water technicians that would sit and be looking and monitoring this information and monitoring this information who knows every 15 minutes 30 minutes whatever it is and looking at all this information coming in and using their experience they would be able to make a determination to say ah, the way that the water is flowing over there i think th we think there's a blockage let's send some technicians out but now um, I guess some of those tasks have been offloaded to uh, AI systems that sort of can learn from pattern recognition, you know, to say that if you see the, the water system exhibiting this type of behavior, then it's likely this. Therefore, the system then um, outputs uh, a suggestion like what you said to a controller or an operator. Yeah, exactly. And, and that makes it... In, in such way more efficient because you would be able through, you know, application, depending on what function you would have as well in the waterworks, you would be able to see, you know, it would give you a yellow alert and, and then you can start already planning what your resources are. Because one, one of the challenges which we have specifically in, in municipalities that they have really scarce resources. So they have, um, if you look at many of the municipalities, not necessarily Johannesburg and Pretoria, Cape Town, um, Durban, and also well, Rand Water, uh, there are highly trained technicians. Um, they have a high level of competence in their organization. But specifically, the smaller towns, they, they struggle to first of all retain the resources. They struggle with a permanent underfunding and. You know, these kind of applications are a possibility to also take the cost out and help people in principle to understand what's going to happen. Yeah? And uh, you don't need necessarily that kind of long-term experience. Well, I don't say you don't need it at all, but um, you have the possibility to use um, scalable solutions, which implemented in other municipalities in in these uh, regions where, where they can't afford, you know, to go um, for the full rollout, maybe of of the suite, which uh, maybe a Western country would do. But you know, one part which which I find, and it's, it's one is managing the water and ensuring you know you have leak detection. You know, you know when there are blockages, that the pump stations are working properly and the likes, and and also have an understanding. You know what the weather and the water usage is going to be because you have the two aspects which you are going to manage through artificial intelligence. You are able to know um, based on correlation then what is the water consumption. So you also can see, do I need to increase? Do I need to give warnings to um, municipalities? Uh, if I think now rent water, do uh, like we have now on I think it was on Yakaranda this week where they uh, now also throttle the water into, into Gauteng because of the heat wave we have and the recovery, obviously, of the system from, from the events uh, two weeks ago. But the other part is we also need to measure it properly and meter accurately that, you know, what I have used is also what I'm going to pay for. And smart meters and meter data management will be as important as, you know, investing into the infrastructure because 
if you go again to the municipality where you grew up, most likely there is a situation that they don't have proper municipality recoveries. So they don't get enough money into the water works system in order to fund maintenance, in order to fund upgrade, because rather the metering is not working properly or the people are not paying. So in here, like for instance, in, in Botswana with the water utility, they have after the drought in 2018, or when we had 16 up to 18, where also uh, Cape Town was on um, drop zero, it's um, a lot of investment they put into the dam management, so hard infrastructure, knowing really what the dam levels are, if there are any um, leakages, if there is over overconsumption by certain consumers, because, you know, often if you think about some of the industrial consumers, um, not only in, in Africa, but also in, in Europe, um, they use four times the amount they actually have a permit for. Yeah? So uh, you need to all catch them in because um, only when you measure what is consumed, you can put a proper price tag to it and they will be able then also to recover the money. But it's as well going into smart meters and having prepaid meters for water like we do for electricity. It is possible in a country like Botswana because they had such a hard time when they didn't have water. And I think specifically the education on, first of all, that if you use intelligent technology, it can make sure that what you get charged is also what you consume. So you don't have this um, feeling you are overcharged or the, the metering numbers are not right. And so on the other hand, we also need to educate people that water has a price tag because that is the most finite resource. And it is important that we as society uh, see it as a social good um, where everybody has to make sacrifice to ensure that we all have water. Very complex issue, and there's a lot to certainly unpack, and it's uh, always good to see and know uh, that uh, the technology is working Yeah, to actually make sure that uh, a lot of these issues are um, you know, being addressed and the fact that, uh, you know, this is an example of where um, artificial intelligence, which has probably become the biggest buzzword of, uh, you know, 2023 in technology, you know, does have some of those practical applications and that it's not just lip service that's being paid, um, you know, to some of these issues. Now, Sabine, before we let you go, um, maybe you could give us uh, a case study because obviously we've spoken quite extensively um, about South Africa, about the issues facing the country when it comes to water and some of the ways in which, uh, you know, the technology is trying to address these issues. Um, earlier on, I think you sort of alluded to some of the other territories, um, you know, where you guys have been implementing similar technologies. Are there any... Um, case studies that you think South Africa could be learning from that have put in place, uh, I guess, similar systems, you know, because, you know, Siemens does operate all over the world. And I'm pretty sure that there must be, you know, something, um, you know, there in the Siemens archive that you'd be able to to share with us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think our, our most recent and um most sophisticated story specifically when it comes to the full application of our technology, including um, 
artificial intelligence and our accelerator platform is uh, the smart condition monitoring for Scottish water in the UK and Ireland. That is uh, definitely one one of our um, flagships at this point in time. As I said, we have installed more than 300 assets at 17 sites. It is pretty much comparable also to what we have like this with companies like Rent Water, and it's um, about the the management specifically of the the water industry because um, they also had the system um, that sewers would overflow or they would have discharge into the rivers and uh, resulting into pollution and often people don't associate that with countries like the UK. So and and the impact obviously on communities and wildlife but also in, in the environment in general if, if untreated wastewater is uh, flowing into uh, drinking bodies, uh, we have seen in, in many areas. So um, here we definitely have a, a great uh, example of how, you know, can make it also affordable. And it doesn't mean that you have to do a full-fledged upgrade so we can work with largely what is also available um, and, and can integrate certain assets into the system to have a, a digital application because our platform, specifically the Accelerator, is an open vendor platform, what means we can integrate even competitor products in, in this environment. And for, for Scottish Water, for instance, they wanted to have, they wanted to move away from, you know, scheduled maintenance. So you say, well, you plan it six months ahead or a year ahead um, into rather a, a preventative maintenance because due to also the climate change impact on their water uh, availability and the impact on, on rain specifically on, on the waterworks. They wanted to be just agile in, in their um, management of their system and wanted to have a solution which reduces as well the maintenance cost and keeps the asset longer running. So in that case, also reduce, you know, new investments which you have to put forward. And uh, at last, obviously, reduce the risk of downtime, which means uh, access to water, but also if, you know, the, the, the water works uh, for wastewater treatment are out, we have seen this also many times in South Africa, um, then you have other problems as well to get it started. So um, that is definitely one area where they have worked on and they used uh, the whole host of, of the application and we can make that uh, use case definitely available to you in, in any other uh, references you want to do. Um, maybe on a positive note, what we see is that specifically in some of the municipalities in South Africa, there is a change and there are also a number of tenders out currently, which are particularly looking into the improvement of the water management, meaning the wastewater, but also the pump stations and the revenue collection. So these things go hand in hand and it's really nice to see that we have uh, some municipalities which already think in that dimension. And so therefore I do hope that soon we have um, as well as South African story which is well balanced in in the digital application for the country. Um, if we if we look into into uh, South Africa in general, um, the worry is obviously the smaller communities where uh, first of all the the financial strength is not that uh, 
good and on the other hand also the the revenue collections are not as reliable as it's supposed to be and so you have a, a lot of people which bypass the water systems and you need to get this out of the system because it is a good um, which everybody has a, a right and and therefore it is in the constitution of the country and so i think uh, we will need to make a plan on how we can support them at, at this point i maybe want to reference to a few things the the Nepal Business Foundation is doing. They have a, a dedicated uh, water work stream working with municipalities to understand, you know, where are actually their biggest challenges and um, what, what can they do and see if we can get companies which are already in the in the environment of, of that municipality or so to help and and support the upgrade of of some of the water assets which are in in the municipalities not always that easy um because of of the public procurement framework we have but nevertheless um it's it's a possibility also to assist to get these uh, smaller municipalities back on track all right so that's where we come to uh the end of uh, today's discussion it has really been um a great one giving some insight into the state of water infrastructure um in south africa and some of the efforts that are being made uh to actually help to you know conserve water and actually protect um you know the little of it that is um you know flowing uh, through south africa uh particularly on a treated and uh, drinking level uh, because there's so little of it uh, you know around the world i think the number that stuck out to me and i did mention it just now um, is that stat uh, that sabine gave earlier on uh, to say that um, you know for every one dollar that is uh, spent um, you know investing in you know these types of uh, these types of systems um, you know that you can save up to four um, you know when it comes to mass for and above um, when it comes to some of the healthcare costs because there's a lot, um, you know, where that water is involved in. Um, you know, to use the example that she gave earlier on, you can go for a number of days without food, but you can survive, you know, for a very short time um, without water. So it uh, literally is a lifeline, um, you know, for, 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 for people in the world. And then I think just the last point on my side is, just the fact that um, at least it does sound as if um, municipalities, you know, a couple of municipalities are amenable, you know, to the fact that this type of investment does need to be made and that it needs to be done. And, you know, hopefully some of those case studies like what we're seeing um, in places like uh, Scotland and Ireland, um, you know, can be taken on and used, um, you know, and used, um, you know, in South Africa, uh, because Sabine did say that the use cases are quite similar and uh, some of the challenges are quite the same i mean if you do think about it everyone around the world drinks water right so at the end of the day you know whatever issues are there with water it's likely that around the world they're going to be very similar use cases no matter um you know where you go so that's been it it has been a very fascinating one we were chatting to sabine uh de la Mo, who is the ceo of siemens um you know uh, for uh, for this particular region uh, that is uh, the sub-saharan african region um giving us 
us uh, you know all of that insight she did give us uh, a frame of what the business looks like and for today all we're doing is you know just talking you know around that spot infrastructure you know uh, unit and uh, its overlap um, you know with the other parts of the business so Sabine thank you so much for being with us uh, today thank you so much Mudira was lovely And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from us and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.